0: Hello, I'm Joshua. And I'm Mary. Welcome to From the Heart. Orlando is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community.
1: We are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Orlando benefit from an even greater arts presence?
0: On each episode, we'll meet guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the Heart. With a capital... ART. Oh, we did say together. Sort of. It was a tag team effort. I liked it. Next time. (laughs) time. Mary, how are you, my friend? Good. I have missed you. This is our first show together of the new year. And of the new year. Happy Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Everything's going well. And this is
1: going to be a good year for us.
0: It is going to be a great year. 2020. Yes. Isn't it crazy? Mm -hmm. How is it 2020?
1: Amazing. I love that we're here. Yeah. And there's something. You know how we have 2020 vision when mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. at our best eyesight. Mm-hmm. So maybe this will be a year our world will look at our world with more potential
0: for all good things. Yeah, clarity, right? Isn't 2020 vision about clarity? Yes. Being able to kind of focus in on the things that, that our matter. Our most important.
1: Yes. Would that be nice? Yeah. One like can dream. Our families, <laughs> people we love, people with whom we work, the work that we do, the how,
0: arts, the arts. Well, right. That's why we're here. We need to make sure that people understand and believe that the arts are part of well-being and part of quality of life mm-hmm. and part of community mm-hmm. and part of how we learn if there was part of a, and how we accept each other yes you know we've talked about that so much and I, I live that more and more every day how the arts can kind of break down those barriers when mm-hmm. it comes to being sensitive to multicultural backgrounds mm-hmm. and how each one of us are so special and unique and art tells that story for us Sometimes Absolutely.
1: You know, last week on the show when we talked about the homeless, because uh, as you know, Orlando is one of our most problematic cities in Mm -hmm. our country. Mm -hmm. And this opera that's being written about the homeless that's going to be performed soon. uh, And and just that very thing about how, in a way, we're all a a couple of paychecks away from Mm -hmm. possibly being Mm -hmm. homeless. Yeah. And anyone's situation in this world could easily be ours. Mm. So the more that we can use the arts to to show that we are more alike than not, Mm -hmm. um, there's more hope.
0: And in a world that's so divisive, music and the arts in any of its form bring us together. And Mm -hmm. all those things that divide us don't really matter, Mm -mm. right? Like Mm -mm. I'm headed to Atlanta tomorrow to an organization that's really working on music specifically for vulnerable populations. A lot of homeless choirs, Orchestras, um pop-up programs in health and community centers. Um, and really it's about helping people find things and remember things, maybe in a in a time that they feel a little bit destitute or or that life isn't going exactly way of of places where they were able to sing or Mm -hmm. perform or Mm -hmm. high school and college. You know, Mm -hmm. people that are in these situations, they had lives before this thing happened. Yes. And so this these groups are really trying to revive that feeling and that memory and all of that and be a part of a part of that journey so it's really interesting and it's so
1: interesting we talked a lot about that last week you too. Did. yes i yes. love that
0: with dr mary palmer yes she's <laughs> just always lovely so mary how's jason doing
1: jason's doing really well he's got a lot of commissioned pieces and i'm very happy for him right now this particular next favo i think it's probably before uh this will air is the 100th favo Wow, their one hundredth showing
0: really. Yeah, so it's been a hundred months, I guess. Because uh, yes, yeah. the first Friday of mm-hmm. each month, mm-hmm. that's really incredible. I remember when we had a show about FAVO yeah. opening, and wow. it, it, you know, remember back when we had the when we were on the TV show. Sure, we had Will over, and we talked about. Favo beginning and now 100 you know, months later.
1: when we go back to TV, which we're going to be doing soon, yeah. we should have him on first again. <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh. That would be really cool. You know, I think, actually, Terry Olson was our first guest. Oh, he was. Yes, he was. He sat us there. And you can always have a good Terry Olson conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, we could have them both on. That would be cool. Yeah, that yeah, would be awesome. Mary, it's always good to just see you and catch up. I know, I know. And I'm I glad just... Jason's doing well.
1: Thank you for asking. He is doing really well. And David is dancing and
0: Oh yeah, just dancing all over the place. You know, it's interesting because Mary, if you if you haven't had the chance to meet her yet, she's a fabulous performer in her own right, Uh, improv and theater and all of that for years and years and years. And Jason, her husband, is an incredible artist. So it's always nice to just check in to see how Jason's doing. That thing that you did at the Blue Bamboo for his birthday with the music and the and the sketchings and all of that combined together yes it was such a lovely night
1: that was really beautiful and so much of his heart got to be seen by what and how he draws
0: yeah it's awesome well we are excited about our conversation today as we are every single week as we bring artists and art to you and so uh, today we are talking to steve schneider who is a playwright, songwriter, and theatrical producer. So welcome, Steve, to the show. Hey, good welcome. evening, guys. Thanks I guess for we having should say back. welcome back. That's what we Thanks should do. Thanks for having us. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so the last time you were here, you had a great conversation with Mary and our friend Michael Marinaccio from the Friends Festival.
2: And you were talking about a Fringe show you were doing, right? Right, right. We were just leading the run-up to Fringe at the time. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. show was that? It was a show called Blackwood. Okay. And it was an ensemble comedy set behind the scenes of a supernatural daytime soap opera in the year 1967. And, and I think- might
1: I add, it played to the largest audiences that he's had in his 10-year career at the festival. It won the Critics Award for Best Original Script and was named one of the best shows in the Fringe by the Orlando Sentinel. What?
2: I, I was wow, you're you- on retainer now. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I was going to ask you how. I couldn't write better, but I guess we. W- <laughs> it, it was went you guys were well. a good luck charm. Uh, Came in here, walked Mary. out the door, and all of a sudden <laughs> it was just yeah. And uh, you know, it was in addition to that, the accolades are great, of course, but it was. All the way around, it was the most wonderful experience I've had ever doing a show. I mean, from what the, were some the of the moment, things that
1: made it so wonderful? The every, cast,
2: the, the cast and the director, our director, Dave Russell, our cast. Of oh, six, Dave Russell. He, we yeah, love Dave. <laughs> yeah, everybody just gelled. They were all on the same page in terms of style and work ethic. But they were also just we all just got along really, really well you know and it was one of those things where about a week before something opens and you get that flop sweat and sure. we started to i started to think like okay now how are you preparing yourself how are you indemnifying yourself cuz something will go wrong and then i thought well why jinx yourself maybe nothing will go wrong maybe. and nothing <laughs> did oh wow what a concept. <laughs> the moment was uh, it was just just that incredible
0: perfect positive storm everything clicked yeah so give us like the a thirty-second
2: synopsis of what the what the show was about. Okay, well, it was set behind. It was basically, if you remember the old um, TV show Dark Shadows, uh-huh. the original one, the the afternoon soap opera. Um, it was behind the scenes of that. And if a show like that had been put on by people who had even less of a budget to work with and were even more personally confused, <laughs> okay. So, and it was the first day on the job for a young actress who was twenty-one and straight out of Method Acting School, <laughs> oh, and nice. learning quickly that the skills that you learn in Strasbourg are not at all the ones that you use putting on a daily soap. Uh-huh. Oh, that's yeah. so fun. Yeah. So
0: you said that uh, it was just fun with the, with the, with the, uh, actors and the, and everything clicked and everybody connected and everything went well, but you did get some pretty cool accolades. So the audience must have loved it too. So why do you, what connected with the people watching that? what
2: a great question. I think it was, what I learned from it is people like shows that like people. Mm. And not People to s- like
1: shows that like people. Well, not to sound I like Pollyannish, <laughs> right? No, like you. are
2: not just going to, you know, polish the apple and pander or whatever. But I think the show, when I was writing for it, it, it just it came from a real good place where I realized I like all these characters. I mean, I like them all as people. Mm. They're not just funny. I, every one of them, even when they're at cross purposes, there's something that. I agree with them, and I want to see them do well. And I think talking to audiences—that's what they got from it. They said, uh, um, you know, people said things like, "Oh, I thought I knew it was going to be funny, but it was a lot, a lot sweeter than I than I thought it would." be. That's nice. Mm. I mean, yeah. It's
1: true because to make them quirky is one thing, but to make them malicious or evil adds another element mm-hmm. to it. So to keep it on the light side and fun and funny and well written. That sounds like a wonderful meal.
2: Well, I think the characters were all under pressures that were external, and I think an audience relates to that because we all feel like our lives are being determined by forces that are largely beyond our control. Mm. And we we might have friction with one another... But it doesn't necessarily mean that we are each other's enemy. It just means right. we're just under pressure. Yes. You know? Right. That's yes. actually a
0: really great point. Yeah. yeah sometimes, it, you know, you hear that thing be nice to everyone because you have no idea what they're going through, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah. you know, you're not being mean to me because you're a mean person. You're being mean to me because of, all these things that might have happened to you throughout the day that sure. before I came into your, came into your sphere and your orb, right? Like, right. So Although being
2: true. in show business, I'll add the codicil, but observe all the evidence very carefully yeah, reserved for future judgment. Yeah, yeah. Cause somebody might just be mean. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah
0: sure. <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're a playwright and a songwriter mm-hmm. on the other side, you're producing. Mm-hmm. I have such great respect for writers mm-hmm. of, of any kind, whether it's, you know, anything in the literary arts, um, but you know Stephen King, different mm-hmm. Steve, mm-hmm. is my favorite, my favorite author. I mm-hmm. just I think I've read everything. Do
1: you have a favorite of his work?
0: Uh, probably The Stand the or Stand. It, maybe uh-huh. even It. I wasn't a fan of the movie, but I love the writing, mm-hmm. and I love his writing. And I've watched so many interviews by him and stuff, and he says, you know, when I because I think how can he write all of this and be lost in these worlds and all, it just seems so difficult to me and he do said you get
1: lost in your worlds when? well you that's write? what i was
0: gonna yeah like do you mm. or like he says in interviews when i start to write i just can't stop it just
2: it just flows it mm-hmm. just comes out is that how you write that like, was definitely the case with this last one it just this came last out, one like, was it was very you know people said where where does that come from because it was, it was in some ways different from what i had done before um, the idea just hit me one day I thought what a great idea for a show and then I thought oh that means I'm going to have to be the one to write it <laughs> uh, and it was just seemed very sometimes when things did come naturally it's a really good sign and other times it's not but I think in in this case it was but yeah that you were saying about that whole feeling of like I have to it was a lot of Uh, pacing back and forth in my house at 2 a.m., like full of aspartame, just, you know, Mm -hmm. jacked up on diet soda. And uh, (laughs) just, it it, it comes to you before sort of you can get it down. So, Uh yeah. Yeah. Do you have those moments where you wake up in
0: the middle of the night and you're like, I have to write this piece of it or at when
2: I used to more when I was a journalist because you always have three things in varying stages of completion that are in your head at all uh-huh, times uh-huh. and you never get any sleep so I vowed to myself that when it came to things that I was just my own projects that I was writing just because I wanted to I would never let myself do that to me again you, so I still get a Do you I keep a tape a recorder? Like,
1: do you talk into your uh, your smartphone? Or no, no, no
2: generally don't, I don't, don't, think don't think but so. I, that's how I write everything I dictate everything into my phone anyway mm. so Well, and you started out as a musician, right? So that's where the songwriting comes in. Uh, i say they're kind of like parallel tracks, but I've spent more years pursuing writing professionally than I had music. Uh,
0: Broadway or or Uh, jazz, rock and roll, all the above?
2: What was your... My producer always says it's classic rock. I think it's traditionally been sort of at the juncture of rock and metal, although I'm branching out a little bit these days. Cool. We should have had you perform. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he did bring a song
1: that we're gonna listen to at one point. I believe, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 I do have. In fact, why don't we, when we come back into the next segment, we'll play that for our listeners. World premiere. Great, world premiere, world oh, premiere, world premiere, right here. from
0: the heart. Mm-hmm. Magic 107.7 FM. Join us back, listeners. Welcome back, listeners, to From the Heart on Magic 107.7 FM. This is Joshua Vickery and my wonderful co-host, Mary Thompson Hunt, who we are excited to actually do a show together again. It's been a few weeks. I've missed you. It is nice to be back together again. And we are talking to Steve Schneider, a local playwright, songwriter, and theatrical producer. And we're talking about some of his past work and the successes of those and then also some of his upcoming uh, work. So we're going to listen to a song called I Want to Be Wanted uh, from his new show that we're going to dive into called PTSD. (laughs) PTSD.
3: and I'm closing down again Tired of throwing these pearls before this swine. Never bow one, I'll never scrape, my friend When I don't play the game, then victory's mine I'm the one in the driver's seat this time.
1: wow beautiful right Mary I love it what a lovely voice she has too
0: so beautiful what a nice radio recording voice she has she is that is
2: Zion Cruz is a 22 year old singer songwriter songwriter in her own right uh although I wrote that number she's also a songwriter uh, I became friends with just over a year ago and is, as yes, as we just heard, she is a fantastic vocal
0: Mm -hmm. artist. Well, that was the world premiere of that song. That was the world broadcast premiere on Magic 107. Uh, Hopefully, they'll pick it up and play it more. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great, right? Get
2: some drive time. That's sort
1: of a universal theme. I want to be wanted. That's what we all want. I think To be able to make a difference, to be able to give our gifts, to give our love, to give our. Devotion.
2: I think so. I think it's... Creativity. hmm Everything about us. It's the feeling that mm-hmm. a lot of people have, I think, and certainly a feeling that I have more often than not. After a while, you just feel like you've just been banging on the world's door, and you're just like, uh, when is the world going to come to me? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So. That's an interesting well, point. And
1: give us your address. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't mean that literally. To <laughs> so the listeners, do not visit Steve at home. Well,
0: I yes, know you uh, mentioned uh, in just some conversation that, uh, that you saw this really as an empower ballot.
2: Empower value, yeah. I've and, coined that and term. And tell us what that
0: yeah. – uh, that makes yeah. total sense to me after listening to it. But yeah. tell us
2: what you mean by that. I was – we mentioned Blue Bamboo earlier. The idea for this song came to me when I was at a friend's recital at Blue Bamboo, and it was a re- retrospective of her work. She herself is a songwriter, and it was two acts of you know her her career, and it was very much focused on empowerment songs. And there's a lot of empowering talk in between the songs. And uh, by about Act Two, my subconscious started thinking: if I wrote a song about like this, what would it sound like? And it dovetailed with some things I had been thinking at the time, which was sort of one of the best epiphanies I've ever had, is that I've spent a lot of my life worrying about who's, whose life can I be a part of? Where can I fit into other people's lives? And maybe I should have been spending more time thinking, who do I want to let into my life? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it started writing itself very, very quickly, which is... One, one of the curious things about being a songwriter is sometimes inspiration hits when you're doing other things that you'd like to be paying attention to. But, so.
1: <laughs> that very theme that you just said about turning it around, who do I want in my life? I think mm-hmm. that's when we start to mature as an adult. Mm-hmm. I think that's when we realize I'm calling the shots in my life.
2: Mm-hmm. well in my case I was 53 so I'm a case of arrested development so <laughs> <Many> <laughs> artists are but does yeah. it mean
1: that you weren't off the chart in other areas as yeah I just mm-hmm. think
2: it's an essential sort of you know life strategy to learn so I thought well as with most songs that I write I'm like if I'm really honest about them personally maybe other people will feel the same way mm. so yeah I
1: think that's what art sort of does mm-hmm. I think when an artist bears their soul on a whether it's a canvas or a a photograph a song they sing a dance they do that you're giving permission to someone else to find their version of it or even mm-hmm. if through them vicariously you just touch something
0: mm-hmm. yeah you're opening up doors for mm-hmm. people to feel safe to explore conversation or even things about their own life i mean mm-hmm. i i absolutely think that's what and that, that's why i love the show is called from the heart because i think so much of these conversations really do touch our hearts and our mm-hmm. and you know, and and impact our lives, and that's what art is, and what art does. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it, we spend the first part of our lives like building all these barriers because the big bad world,
3: and, and, and then
0: and trying to prove yourself, right? Right,
1: and then it seems like we want to take them all down, and know this is me.
0: That's exactly what your song is saying. I don't want, I don't want to want, right? Mm. Like I don't want to be, I don't want it to be about me. I just want people to embrace who I am and I want to be wanted in the things that I bring to this world. It's exactly what your
2: song is saying. I like that it's kind of on the line between like there are some people that this song is not there's some people I think a lot of people should get the message of this there are some people who are you know it's this is not a song if you're a toxic narcissist that's not the message I want you to get you know, <laughs> I, want, I want you to focus a little more on other but people a, a toxic narcissist
1: wouldn't recognize themselves as one wouldn't right
2: it, yeah it's Carly true. Simon was right yeah they'll, they'll <laughs> think it's about them anyway yeah yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: so this is a song uh, a beautiful song Thank from you. PTSD Steve, Steve Schneider's PTSD, PTSD yeah. so tell us about the show and how does this fit into it it's a
2: project it is music project along the lines of the previous music show that I did in 2017 at the Fringe which was called Ominous George which was a scripted rock cabaret uh, structured around my songs and um, that song you heard is probably this is probably the most pop number in it it's just the one that I wanted to get down first because I had had it in my head for quite a while and wanted it, wanted it down it's a series of songs That are loosely structured around my experiences as uh, this is gonna sound really heavy, but as a survivor of emotional and physical abuse. Mm. uh, I don't have an official diagnosis, but I do have a support group, so I think I'm on my way. Um, (laughs) I get a hashtag or two out of that. There you go. Um, But it's not really, it's not a very, it's designed not to be a specific and autobiographical. This one, I don't think, is going to have any kind of. It's not really even going to qualify as theater. It's going to be mostly music. It's not going to mm-hmm. have a dramatic or narrative through line, which Ominous George kind of did. Ominous George was an excuse to sing a bunch of songs, but we announced it that way. There was a line in the show that said, This is an excuse to sing a bunch of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested more in just pursuing the musical side. So. Um, it's it's hopefully, as I said, it's not going to come across like an autobiography. It's not going to come across as very, and I know the the subject matter sounds very, very heavy, but a lot of it is very, hopefully, very funny. A lot of it is hopefully very tongue-in-cheek. You know, even just, I like the name Steve Schneider's PTSD, because I just think that's <clears throat> funny. Like, I'm encouraging people to abbreviate it as PTSD, because every band needs an obnoxious abbreviation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but although you won't have maybe narration that will be the through line, the, the words that you penned to these songs will be a story. I mean, we're going to, as an audience member, as much as you don't want it, maybe are, are saying it's not autobiographical, autobiograph- it will be, right? We'll be able to glimpse into, even if you don't mean it to be, there'll be so much, I think, that we'll be able to gleam About your life and what's important to you and your
2: journey through these songs, right?
1: Whether it happened to you or not, it it was important to him enough to write write that.
0: To write that piece. Hopefully
2: conveyed in a way that is applicable to your life. I think what you do uh, to be an effective songwriter, I think what you do is you're really honest with yourself and very specific with yourself about the things you feel and why. Uh And then you find ways to broadcast and relay that that... Other people can, you know, relate to. As I don't well. write like storytelling songs. Mm-hmm. I will. I will never be. Yeah, I was gonna say, I would never be Springsteen in the world. It's like, yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, I could never write those kind of songs. Were, I went to the Seven Eleven with Mary on a Friday, and like, you know. But it's very. You but know, it's
1: an inner monologue almost. Some some of them. I are. just think
2: if you find the right turns of phrase, if I say like, uh, you know, an experience hit me like a ball peen hammer to the forehead. I don't have to tell you what the experience was. I just tell you about that feeling and you hear it and you th- automatically think of an experience you had mm-hmm. that hit you like a ball mm-hmm. peen hammer in the forehead.
0: So you're telling so, you're 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 uh, in inviting us to feel what you're feeling through some of these songs sure. and, and our sure. own experiences.
1: And, and that's more
0: powerful. Isn't that the there. best kind of storyteller though, Mary? I mean, you're a storyteller is is to invite people to tell their own stories through what you're saying, not just for them to listen for you to regurgitate right. your own stuff, right? right? Because like,
1: when in, when we're in our mind's eye, as we're visualizing the story, sometimes we have people we love in there for that, or <laughs> we're part of that, or we're the, taking the journey.
0: Yeah. And, and it makes it more personal. I love that. Well, again, I'm not just saying this, dude. I love the song. Thank I, you. It's too. beautiful. Thank it's you. Catchy. I think that's, it's yeah. a great job. I could job have totally it. heard it on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right? not kidding. You and will when you listen Sunday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what a beautiful <laughs> <purple> voice. <laughs> you just did. <laughs> so, we're talking to Steve <laughs> Schneider, a local playwright, songwriter, and theatrical producer, and his new show, Steve Schneider's PTSD. And we just premiered uh, his song, I Want to Be Wanted. So, we're going to continue talking to him and chatting with him about some of his other work. So, back here yeah. on Magic, FM from the heart.
1: Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here with Joshua Vickery today. It's so nice to have you back, Joshua. It's
0: so good to be back. Mm -hmm.
1: And we are excited that we're talking to Steve Schneider about... His PTSD, well, not his PTSD. (laughs) True, well, that too. (laughs) It kind of (laughs) Steve Snyder's PTSD. (laughs) Um, Well, we'll leave it up to you to decide when you go (laughs) to the show which is his and which is of the characters in his play. (laughs) Uh, We just listened to I Want to Be Wanted. What a beautiful song. Thank Uh, you. Yes. Thank you. Were there any inspirations in particular that that one, it's such a catchy song, the lyrics, the
2: Melody. It was just an overall feeling and just uh, um, it was one of those songs that um, it came more quickly than it did easily because I had a real, when I write, sometimes I'll write with a guitar in front of me and sometimes I'll just be somewhere and just get struck with something and then you have to go home and figure out what is that that I've been hearing in my head? What are those chords? What mm-hmm, is that melody? Mm-hmm. So that was a good, you know, 24 hours of figuring out what I was hearing. And even
1: that title, I Want to Be Wanted, it's so rich.
2: It's almost a palindrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So were
0: there any collaborators or people yes. who helped on this song yes. with you? Uh,
2: in addition to Zion, who gave that lovely vocal that we were talking about, um, all the instruments you hear other than the guitar, which is me, um, all the other instruments are a guy named Ned Wilkinson, who you may know. He's uh, a local... Um, multi-instrumentalist composer he writes full-on musicals he's uh-huh. had a couple of shows at the winter park uh playhouse festival of new musicals where he is a frequent accompanist uh and he is a uh extremely talented multi-instrumentalist uh recording engineer he has everything. his own studio yeah, I take it. Mm-hmm. yeah so how did you meet him Wow I must have met him through mutual friends doing fringe he did about 60% of the recordings for my previous music show ominous George uh, and just it was it's really great to work with someone who's also a writer All three of us who worked on this track that you just heard, we're all songwriters in our own right so it you work very easily and very quickly because you can explain it's not like you know you have one person who knows how to sing and that's it one person who knows how to play the guitar and that's it one person who knows how to do a recording and that's it. you can just immediately there's a common language to say like oh well if you do that here this was a better take because you had that syllable like you know it's just you that's work great. really fast that way that's great yeah, yeah so he's a so super cool. talent yeah and so he 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 produced it too or like he well I came in with the arrangement Uh I think this one more than anything we've done I probably had most of the basic arrangement I don't play all those instruments the guitar is the only instrument that I play you know with any kind of conversance so I can come in and say okay uh, the way I hear the drums come in here and the keyboards play something like this and this one I had to do a lot of that because there's less guitar on it than in anything that I've ever done. Okay. It just the track didn't call for it. Uh-huh. So he will say like, oh, you mean like this? And I'll say, yeah. So, you know, and he'd call me the producer. I'd call him a co-producer. So, you know, that but he's way more than just an engineer. I'll tell you that. Mm. That's cool. That sounded I harmonious in the way that you put yes. that together. Yeah. So how many
0: songs do you foresee there being in this? In this, You mm-hmm. said almost like a concert. It's gonna be yeah.
2: It's gonna be more of a concert than a play. There's not gonna be characters this time that I can foresee, unless I get that eleventh hour epiphany, which I'm really hoping I don't, because I don't want to give myself that extra job. This means you will. Yeah, yeah, right. I put it out to the universe. Thanks, Mayor. Uh, But I'm I'm hope I always like to keep it to around ten. Uh-huh. There's about 13 that I have now that are sort of jockeying for position. There's a core of about six or seven. And then there's those other slots are, depending upon which day it is, it's mm. like, oh, no, that's got to be the second number. No, well, no, that other that one's better. So I'd like to keep it to about 10 because it's still, still going to be what Ned calls classic rock, although very song oriented. And I think anything more than 10 songs of rock, no matter how good it is, gets a little. You've
1: been doing this for quite a while. what advice would you give to young people who want to do what you're doing wow
2: wow i always people ask me that and i always i always want to be snarky and say something like learn a trade or go to law school or but (laughs) um you mean the nuts and bolts of it be honest be honest with yourself but just remember that the audience is still there um as we were saying before be honest with yourself but uh, observe the commonalities you have with other people so that when you communicate how you feel through your art it's not just, you know, an exercise in, you know, just self-enamoration, you know, that it has some utility to other people.
1: Sometimes to be honest with ourselves we need to get feedback from other people. Sure. Who who shall people trust when they go for feedback? How oh. how do you know who to trust?
2: Oh, gee, I don't know. That's deep, Mary. Take the cop out and say working (laughs) professionals. I go to a a monthly support group for trauma survivors. And uh, obviously that's not something you can just go to. You have to have the prerequisites. But um, professional opinions are great. Um, And then observe above and beyond that. If you're just talking about the way, you know, people in your personal life. Observe the way that they relate to other people. Take yourself out of the equation. When they relate to other people, does it seem to be coming from an honest place that's, you know, based in genuine concern for others and interest in them? Because if it's somebody who just seems mostly fixated on, broadcasting their incredibly cool personal aura over vast mm-hmm. continental areas for me? as frank zappa used to say that's probably feedback you don't want to do. remain open to everything but if you really believe in something be willing to hold on to it you yeah know?
0: well you're talking about just authenticity right if you're seeing sure. that people are authentic with others they may do the same for you right mm-hmm. and if they don't they may not do the same mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. So you said be honest. That yeah. be honest with yourself. Be honest with your audience. Right. We, well, how do you balance that honesty in a project when you're like, how do you balance wanting to write for you, right? Wanting to yeah. talk about the things you want to talk about, things that are pouring out of your soul, and balancing that with what does the audience need? What does the audience need to hear? Are they going to get something out of it? Like, how do you balance that when you're right. writing? And how do you decide what you think, about that? What you you even think, think about the audience? That like? Yeah,
2: you know the thing is. So when I hear you asking it, I realize that for the most part, I've been blessed with the feeling that I don't really have to worry about that so far. Maybe it's because I grew up in a theatrical family with a theatrical background that the presentation of things has always been an element that mm. I always think about. How is this being received by the audience? I mm. think if you have, you either have that mindset or you don't. Mm. Do you, you
1: know? when you do concerts?
2: Oh yeah, you're well. Yes, but it's a balance, right? It's like,
0: well, if we're gonna do a '60s concert, I'm gonna pick all the '60s songs I like, right? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of thinking about well, what is my audience gonna look like, I'm gonna have kids who have never heard this. I'm gonna have people who hated the '60s. I'm gonna have people who love the '60s. So how do I balance a '60s concert to really honor the '60s, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that I found that I find that as a struggle sometimes about getting my needs and my wants and and, the, and my you know kind of rose-colored glass or whatever it may be, out of the way sometimes and thinking about the diversity of who may experience it. Ooh. So I just wondered as you're writing, that's, I, and that that's point. picking other
2: people's stuff for them, right, but when you're right. writing
0: your own stuff and it's coming out, how do you balance Well,
2: see, you have that, obviously. I mean, you have just from your description of it, you have a whole bunch of considerations that I don't have to worry about. Right, right. You right. have a lot of, you know, sort of like, where does this fit into the community, whatever. Well, the we show, already
1: know it's the fringe community. Yeah, right. <laughs> the shows that I've done in the fridge, exactly. I was going
2: to say, if you're too obscure for that, what's the. No, I mean, when I, seriously, when I was doing Ominous George, uh, up until the day, we opened, I thought, I have no idea who the target market for this show is. And I normally try to, but I was like, it was something I had strictly done because I liked it and I wanted to do it. And I thought, you just have to make sure you're okay with this because you might find out tomorrow that when you open those doors, you were the target market. Like there was nobody else, buddy. Interesting. You know, and fortunately it was well received. Um, I, I was also smart enough not to book it into a very, very big venue because I knew it was probably a little more niche. But, um, you know, so I don't have to... I always say that I'll sell out the day somebody starts offering real money. So until then, I can kind of do what I want. Do you
1: submit your work? Your work is really good. Your work really uh-huh. makes yeah. me feel, laugh. I love your work. Uh-huh. And I've yeah. always thought, I, I, I'm still amazed you're still here and not something you on Broadway yet. <laughs> I'm still amazed
3: I'm still here too. But no. I'm no. glad you no. are. is no. no, a magic. great what? community. 7. There's <laughs> a lot of great things
2: about Orlando. I lived, I've lived elsewhere and the quality of talent in Orlando is unmatched for anywhere that I then including and especially on the quote-unquote community theater level people think oh new york i'm going to go to the last time i lived there because that's where i'm from uh i was struck by how uniformly higher the standard of performance is in orlando at least wow. on that level i'm not wow. comparing it to like they're not a cast of hamilton or whatever yeah, but yeah. like no it's 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 absolutely world class so you know getting back to your original question um Blackwood, there had been uh, and has been some interest in that being maybe picked up in other places. Uh, my problem is that when I'm done with something, I, I go on to the next one. Uh, I really need somebody. Are you okay with to... letting
1: it go, though, if someone wants to take it for Oh, you? yeah,
2: sure. Sure, if they want to cool. do that, yeah, I'm fine with that. It's just that I tend to then focus on the next thing, and I could really lose a good business person to say, you know, monetize, Schneider, monetize. That's so the you word. need a good business
1: partner. You, you probably know about that, right? Because you're the
2: art one. Uh,
0: Thankfully, I have two sides of the brain going. But it's hard, though, sometimes of balancing
2: art and I do really like it, though. I do really like producing. I was sort of not strong-armed into it, but friends sat me down and said, don't hire an outside when I started producing my own shows about five, six years ago. And I found out that I really liked it. Now, obviously, again, I'm not producing on this level where I have to worry about the things that CFC Arts does. But in terms of producing my own stuff... I mean, I, I enjoy it when it's going well, which fortunately is most of the time, but I like it. I like still being in charge of my own marketing. That's great. And, you know.
1: Have I, you ever talked to young people about that? Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. In fact,
2: this year at Fringe, which this is one of the few years that I did not um, submit to Fringe this year. I was taking a breather this time. Um, and... I started getting, I thought, you know, actors and things, when the French season comes up, they get a lot of offers and directors and everything. But writers, you know, you don't because what are you going to You're not going to commission. I had people saying, I want you involved in my next show. I said, doing what? They said, um... I, I want you to, like, come up with the merchandise. <laughs> I want you to, wow. I thought, this is how I'm being. That's no, no, cool. I guess there are worse ways to be known. They're like, I want you to be my button guy. So I said, like, I can, yeah, all right, let's talk about a commission. I'll be your button guy. You're a you're guy. well-rounded <laughs> artist Steve. <Keith. laughs> oh, my God, you're full well, of everything. unfortunately, we only
0: have about 60 seconds, 90 seconds left. But yeah. tell us just in a couple of words, what is the most gratifying part for you
2: in creating art? the most gratifying part is doing something that has personal utility to me that conveys my feelings and what are important to me but watching that then be received by an audience that welcomes it as part of their own life Oh, wow. oh that's beautiful so what a, well put
0: you know. yeah what a great way what a great way to share that i, I
1: think that's what art is right it is
2: yeah i, love I it. hope
1: i think you're speaking for a lot of people there
2: so, Steve,
0: so, how can we stay in touch with you? Tell us a website, a Facebook yeah, page, um, all that. There is,
2: as of last week, uh, Steve Schneider's PTSD has a Facebook page, which is Steve Schneider's PTSD. You can go there, and we will update you on everything as the project uh, continues, as we settle on musicians and a venue, and all those fun. Things.
1: Right, and you'll let people know uh, how they can get tickets. If you need any props or volunteers, all on that yeah. It's still. Same page. We're, I'd
2: say we're about like t- five eighths through the the creative process, the writing process on it, so it's going to be while but there will be regular updates. Cool. Great, cool. and we'll have to have you back and hear how PTSD went, and, and, and then working on the next project. Yeah, yeah, Let's right, go! <laughs> you're my good luck charm, we've determined we that. We need Let's
0: PTSD. Oh, you were just called them <laughs> good luck charm, Mary. I, I totally <laughs> sure agree. Is. Steve, it's been a pleasure ch- chatting with you, my friend. Thanks, it's
2: been great as always. Absolutely, so check out here. Steve
0: Schneider, a local playwright, songwriter, theatrical producer, and right now, coming up soon, will be Steve Schneider's PTSD, so check it out on social media We'll go together, Facebook. maybe? Let's do it, Mary. I love, I love it. We need right. to do more dates in twenty like twenty. <laughs> I appreciate it. Clarity, spend time with Mary Thompson Hunt. <laughs> I love
1: that. <laughs> listeners. And I love we'll you, hope, Joshua.
0: I love you too, listeners. We hope you'll we'll spend time with us again next Sunday evening, eleven o'clock here on From the Heart Magic one oh seven point seven FM.